0: george i love it when books have pictures in them
1: oh that was random my name's janet george calls me Mum. uh welcome is it
0: random considering the episode we're doing
1: pick oh well i was thinking about the other episode we did that was on picture books oh I was like, that's fair that was we like have
0: done several
1: two episodes ago george what are you doing ma'am?
0: All oh, right, sorry. <laughs> I like it when my books have multiple frames of pictures in them and speech bubbles. Oh, okay. Kind
1: of- yeah, but let's not, you know, peak too soon.
0: Belaboring the point.
1: Well, you're giving it away, man. Go on.
0: It's in the title. Oh, I. Ah, anyway.
1: oh, shit. I forget that every time. <laughs> <laughs> Did the same thing. We're doing oh. the same routine every time.
0: It's okay, now they have a dependable intro section where they're like, oh, we know the bits. They're both going to forget how Spotify works and pretend like they have a secret. Uh, I don't want to delay us at all getting into this episode, so why don't we do a reading check-in? Mum, what are you reading?
1: Well, so, um, if you remember, I think last time we did a reading check-in, I was still reading The Return of uh, Fariz Ali.
0: Fareez Ali, yeah. Yeah.
1: And, um, And I'm still reading that. Not because it's hard to get through... It's just for some reason I've had less time. I don't know. Getting back into the routine of work, I think, and carving out yeah, you just got a job yeah, carving out time to read has been a bit of a pain. But so that's what I'm reading. It's still great. Um, the story like yesterday because I had a bit of spare time before I went to work unexpectedly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did. Um, I get got to read a few chapters then. So that because I was like, oh, what should I do with this little pocket of time? Ah! know i did some reading so that was what i did so and the story is really good i really like it the the um the setting you know and the description of the setting in um is it india is it um yeah mm-hmm. it's india
0: uh it's the uh is it i believe Pakistan. It's, yeah it's the uh pakistani so um war of Independence. I. Let me make sure that's the right.
1: Okay, one. we hate to misquote things, heaven forbid. I mean, because we're always well <laughs> going back and correcting. Because
0: we do it constantly. Yeah. I know. So anyway. Yeah, it's it's set in the Indo-Pakistani War. Okay. Like in the after after effects, I believe.
1: So and there were some like references to uh the role of women in that society, which I found quite interesting as well. Um, You know. Women who've started off their careers as actresses or dancers and then basically mm. just been taken under the wave of a very rich man and you can dance and act for me in this little you know apartment that I'm providing to you until you possibly get too old and you know undesirable which is, which is quite a lot. I've learned quite a lot in a very small part of the book to be honest but <laughs> but it's great it's great so sorry going on george i'm i'm a bit I'm a bit you know bouncy today so. Go on, George, what are you reading at the moment?
0: Can't imagine why. I have just started The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers. It's a sci-fi story. It's about a ragtag team of... Hyperspace tunnelers. they create uh, loops in space for cargo ships and whatnot to use. I don't know much else about it because I try to go in pretty blind on the story when I can. But I am loving it. It's so much fun. It's very funny. Um, and I forgot how much I enjoy a book with like alien species in it. You know, like when your main characters are. Like non-humanoid or like, you know, reptilian. It's kind of it's fun. I I I remember fondly the days of animorphs and stuff like that. You you have like alien species interacting all the time. You don't look sold.
1: Well, you know, sci-fi. Number one, sci-fi is not my thing. It's definitely yours. Number two, I do think that um, alien creatures are easier to read for me easier to read than they are to watch because in a book Mm. even though they might be reptilian and a bit gross uh that you (sighs) the character comes through i think in in literature or in Mm. print more you know more than it does if you're given a visual immediately and it's just this big giant lizard man you're like oh gross no that's i'm never gonna like him he's not gonna be my favorite (laughs) so anyway
0: Uh one day we will get you to play the Mass Effect games and you may feel differently. Um, Okay, But that's me for the reading check-in. I think we're going to go on to our first bit of news, which is the biggest bit of news. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry.
1: (laughs) I'm a little bit excited.
0: Yeah, Mike, if you'd like to put any sort of fanfare here, that would be excellent. Um, <laughs> our first bit of news is actually another reading check-in because we have our first ever guest here with us today. Woo-hoo!
1: Our friend and writer Stevie King.
2: Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, hello.
1: Good Thank morning. You for me. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, Stevie. <laughs> so good to have and you. Good are. luck. <laughs> and good luck. But not goodbye. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> Stevie uh, would, you, would you like to tell us what you're reading right now
2: yeah sure thing um, so I just picked up uh, it's called The Transgender Issue An Argument for Justice by Sean Fay uh, it's a really interesting read because it talks about basically uh, the trans rights mov- movement in the UK and so it talks a lot about like the NHS system and kind of uh, the areas that it needs to improve um, I've been following her for, for a bit, uh, on Instagram and social media. And so I've been wanting to read her stuff. And so, yeah, it's a little bit of a slower read, uh, just cause it's, it's a lot to take in. Um, mm. but so far non-fiction. I think it's... Yeah. Nonfiction. Brave on you, lass.
1: <laughs> and so is it, is it, um, I know it's nonfiction, but some nonfiction is written that we've talked about before, like, like a narrative. So it makes it easier to follow or is that more like a textbook? Um, I would say
2: it's intercut with both because like, I so I'm about maybe 75 pages in and so far she's done some interviews with like different families who like the first section is about her talking to families who have kids, her transitioning very young. Um, so it's kind of intercut with some of her, her own experiences, but a lot of it is focused on like, uh, things that have ha- happened, uh, with trans people in, in the media in the UK.
1: Yeah. I mean, I know I've, read stuff about um families finding it quite challenging to get um treatment on the nhs for their trans youth and things so um yeah you know yeah we're still striving to find somewhere that's got it like spot on right oh absolutely <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: just keep fixing them you know <laughs> well that sounds very interesting uh, i'm excited to look that up for myself um that's the best one of the best parts about posting these episodes is doing the books mentioned list because it's just like taking so many notes to the side of like, oh, and I'll have that one. I'll have that one as well. I'll have that one. Yeah, go on that one. Um, so thank you, Stevie, for contributing uh, yeah. <laughs> right off the bat. Um, let's let's transition into the news legitimately. Uh, not that. Stevie, you are our biggest piece (laughs) of news, actually. (laughs) Yeah, the news of news. Uh, But um, yeah, let's talk about uh, current affairs. We've got a little bit, um, but Stevie, do you have some sort of uh, international uh, goings on to share with us? We're very excited to have someone from uh, the other side of the Atlantic with us today.
2: Yeah. So I think the the big things that are at least that I know of that are happening in the Netherlands is uh, the prime minister stepped down. Basically, like he couldn't get enough seats for his government. So there's like basically there's going to be a, a national election. I don't know if it's going to be this year or if it's going to be next year. And then the other big one, at least in Amsterdam, is they're trying to cut down on tourism. So they're trying to move the red light district. Uh, mm. but a lot of the obvious, uh, uh, obviously like a lot of the sex workers are not too happy about that. And, uh, a lot of people who just like really enjoy the culture of the, of Amsterdam and the red light district are also not happy about it either. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. It seems odd to sort of <laughs> pretend like you can just cut it <laughs> out, just out and cut stick it, out. it somewhere else. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, and Amsterdam is like the biggest city in the Netherlands, right? I think I read that yes. somewhere.
2: Correct. Yeah. It's because I think it's like uh, what people don't realize is like the Dutch people aren't a big fan of tourists. They're very private people. They're very introvert. Mm -hmm. They keep to themselves. So even though this is like a big spot for tourists, a lot of Dutch people aren't a big fan of the people Mm -hmm. who come visit them.
1: (laughs) That makes you wonder, though, how it would affect their economy, though. Do you know what I mean? Are they, um, you know, sort of fiscally secure without it or? Yeah,
2: yeah that's a great question because like I, I just know that like cost of living here is it's I mean it's insane everywhere uh, mm. but it's it's only getting higher especially in the Netherlands so yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Well, thanks for that. That was exciting. International. Oh, news. Course. Yeah, that
0: is exciting. Drama, drama that I feel like that's the realest bit of news, like worldwide bit of news we've ever had on here. You know what I mean? I was like, mm, I don't have any riffs about that. Sounds pretty intense. Uh, anyway, about some books or something. Yeah, uh, that is awesome. Um, I hope, you know, best of luck to the people there dealing with that shift. That's enormous. I can't even imagine. George? What? (laughs)
1: Well, so as always, I think... Don't
0: look at me with that face.
1: It's the only one I've got. Um, But I think uh, since we started recording, which... Did we do our first one in March? Probably. Somewhere around there, earlier this year anyway. We've been talking about the um, old WAG strike and the SAG strike. What are they? WGA. The WAG
2: strike and the SAG strike. All
0: Stevie, have you heard that?
2: T- <laughs> What'd you say? I said all those puppies.
0: <laughs> Aww. The dag strike.
2: Oh, the dag strike.
0: Have you have you heard that term before, Stevie? Wags.
2: No, is that that's for the writers guild?
0: So no, no, oh, it okay. isn't. It's us being stupid. Oh, okay. Um, it, so <laughs> so it started with WGA, right? But then once SAG-AFTRA got involved, we uh, started mentioning them as well, and you know SAG-AFTRA. Uh, and WGA have all it's all the same letters, so they got a little confused. And at one point, oh. we did accidentally, legitimately call them the WAG. I think wag, that w-
1: it was just me. They, mm. I mean, I would take that one. I don't think it
0: was. It's we, you know. It's always we. <laughs> Everything is we. Um,
1: but WAGs in the uh, UK, but also,
0: yeah, is a. I would say it's a. It's not a nice term. It is like a derogatory <laughs> term. But the other thing is. I feel like it holds a lot of power for the for you know the people who it's directed towards. It means wives and girlfriends, usually applied
1: uh, to footballers' wives and girlfriends. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So
2: like, uh, I think I'm in. I think I'm in the application process for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think Hollanders. You got to be careful, your. S- <laughs>
0: You're striking right now, so you got to be careful. You can't can't take any gigs and you can't talk about it. I can't cross
2: the picket line. Yeah, you're
0: not allowed to talk about it on this podcast. They're begging me. They're giving me
2: so many deals. And I'm like, boys, boys, (laughs) boys, no.
0: (laughs) Anyway, so yes, we've been following the SAG and wga strike go on mum not to interrupt you too aggressively
1: wow well, no that's it that that's all and as far as i know that's it's it. <laughs> that yeah because honestly i i haven't um the most recent thing i saw about it was that um i was reading something on the bbc and they were saying um that they there was some concern that it was going to start affecting tv production in the uk Um, just because of you know sort of collaborative projects um actors from the u.s this that and the other um because in the uk we've mentioned before i think that they british performers and like equity members and things have you know verbally given their support but they're not on strike so Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um you know it would be interesting to see how that goes you know wouldn't it be amazing if all you got like left on the tv was like rerun to that stupid show that um morgan's podcast <laughs> you know the uh, seventh heaven seventh heaven so, <laughs> we know somebody um uh, we know somebody oh. who does a podcast called um happy hour which is just about the tv show uh seventh heaven which i don't know if you ever saw no. it oh it's oh yeah definitely well, so I'd never heard of it. And when I started living to the, listening to the podcast, I tried to watch an episode of the show. I'm usually not that, you know, discretionary with my television consumption, but it was bad. So I've listened to the podcast, but I cannot watch the show. And, um, you know, so maybe if they stop creating content, we'll just be left with reruns of shows like that or something. Maybe.
0: I mean, no <laughs> yeah, it's just seventh heaven and... It's only that and uh What was that one? One Tree with... Hill? I was thinking One Tree Hill. How'd you do that?
2: <laughs> Creepy. I hadn't put they're, out they're, they're any like of the clues yet. <laughs> they're like they're like <laughs> sister wives. They're like, you know sister <laughs> there's sister wives to abc family or freeform or whatever it's called now like <laughs> anyway
1: <laughs> well, so
2: anyway.
0: let's get on talking about the episode we're talking <laughs> so about good luck uh, to solidarity to the strikers yeah the producers need to get off their asses um but let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. Uh we're so excited about this episode. As you already know from the title, as we already know cuz we know that already, we're not stupid. Um questionable. We today we are going to be talking about comic book narratives. Now, I want to get a little specific here because like we did with picture books, we're we're taking a slice. We're not doing we're not doing the all the way broad uh, application of comic books. We're looking at like your sort of comic issue, like paperbacked uh, panel issues <laughs> that you sort of like see, like Marvel and DC coming out with. Sorry, I'm being. George is just making over signals over
1: our Google Meet right now, just saying.
0: <laughs> well, it's because you keep making faces at me. I'll talk in my own bloody time. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, we're talking about comics. Uh, Stevie, this was your suggestion. Do you mind talking to us sort of about what uh, led you to this as a topic for today?
2: Yeah. Um, mostly because I just like them.
0: <laughs> I just they
2: think, rock. Like, yeah, I just, I really like them. I've uh, been reading comic books since I was like, probably middle school. So Hmm. from a very young age, and uh, it's just something that I've always had in the background. I also think that, like, uh, a lot of comic books uh, shaped the way that, like, I still write stories now. And so it's, yeah, it's something I always go back to, uh, even with, like, reading and stuff.
0: Yeah. Awesome. I'm so excited to dive into it a little bit more. Mom, I see you fixing your face to say something about comic books. Don't even try. (laughs) We know. Everyone, the listeners, are even aware of your disdain for comics. Oh no! We've talked about it before.
1: <laughs> okay, I don't have disdain for comic books. I just don't follow them with the same vigor that your generation does. Because I do think there is a, there was a change. There was a significant change between like my generation and yours, which is you know quite far apart. Let's face it. But um, that uh, they became they became more the the artwork became more interesting they became um more complex they became certainly you know they they just became a lot more period than they were yeah. when i was younger and um mm-hmm. i did like comic books when i was young they were just on a much uh simpler kind of format and i'll talk about that later but i'm i just wanted to ask before we move on so can you remember Stevie the first comic book you ever read?
2: Oh so I actually think the first comic book I ever read was before I started collecting them. I remember when I was maybe maybe 5 or 6 uh my dad w- is a big Star Wars fan and he like he got me hooked on it when I was super little like he had the the VHS with the original trilogy and I think we stopped by at like a comic book store and they had at that time it was all called Uh, It was like the Star Wars Extended Universe. It was like Star Wars Legends, I think it was. Mm. And the one that I read was like Luke Skywalker trying to stop Emperor Palpatine from like being cloned and brought back to life. So I remember that. I remember I had that with like, my dad's, uh, he like lent me all of his action figures and stuff that he got when Star Wars came out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I mean, that, that is a whole immersive experience that you just described there. And, and stuff that I, because, you know, my background is a lot in education. And so I always revert back to how, you know, different kinds of uh, literature and storytelling and narratives, obviously, um, can engage young children. You know, because a lot, a lot of the time, kids, if they're not immediately successful with something, and particularly reading, it tends to turn them off. And so, to have something like you're talking about, you know, you watch the films, and then your dad bought you the comic books, and then your dad introduced you to the uh, action figures and things, which it, you know, it it just fills your imagination. I think as a very young child, so I think that's awesome, and and that's another reason that even though you say I don't like comic books. One thing I will say about comic books is they're a really good tool for engaging kids who are struggling to read because they're such bite-sized. Mm-hmm. And we've talked before lots of times about different kinds of literature that can give you just like a little snacket of uh, reading experience. So, sorry.
0: I know, George. Every little bit helps. Yeah. So. No, it's true. We love it. I like I think that. Actually, speaking. we have a little bit of, we have personal experience with that as well because it wasn't, uh, I think dad wasn't reading growing up until he started like really getting into comic books yeah that was
1: and his teacher actually told your nana you know have him just have him read comic books and so that's what she did she made him go sit in a spot and like just read comic books and that was how he you know improved his reading
0: it's a beautiful thing see
1: (laughs) and look at stevia i mean you know she's writing and reading and yeah and even reading nonfiction. what's wrong with that but um so obviously it it was a really good start to your reading journey that's what i was gonna say
0: that's right let your kids pick up comics and they too might one day read a theory (laughs) book for fun like a sicko i mean i take my hat Um, off
1: to that because i only do that very rarely
0: same and it is always it does always still feel like homework yes um but you know it's still worth it Uh, I can also remember the first comic I ever read I was about six years old I was reading an Archie comic while we were in line for a Publix and I walked out through the doors of the Publix still reading the Archie comic (laughs) not having paid for it and then in the in the parking lot next to the vehicle my mother oh that's you uh, (laughs) who was there at the time said where have you got that <laughs> uh, 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 uh. At which point my mom said, like, Get in the car.
1: <laughs> yeah, she didn't say that's get. That's,
2: that's, that's even better than you're like, go back inside, da 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 paper, you're like, okay we gotta go, 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 go.
1: No, the shade. Yeah, yeah, like, put shame. it in your pocket, get in the car. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that, George. That makes me feel so good. You're welcome. Oh my God.
0: Definitely over seven years to so statute of limitations. They got nothing on <laughs> Um Yeah, I thought that's what you were worried about. Of course. Uh, let's jump into a little bit of history. We're going to do an even more truncated version than we typically than we even have done in the past, uh, just because we want to focus on Stevie and the conversation about comics. A guest, a guest, Um, a
1: guest. We have a guest. I have someone to talk to apart from George. (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) Did I say that out loud? A little
0: transparent. Yeah, a little too.
1: Okay.
0: So looking backwards, you can see what is referred to as sequential art, basically like numerous pieces of art that tell a narrative across the changes between them uh, all the way throughout history. Uh, You can see them in hieroglyphs in Egypt, Greek friezes. Rome has the Trajan column, which tells the story of King Trajan uh, in images actually wrapping around the column. Um, maya script the bayou tapestry uh, illustrated christian manuscripts as well as illuminated works of art for the catholic church uh people have and i mean even earlier than that we have like cave paintings and uh numerous different types of scripts that focus on imagery um as as compared to uh words i guess a little bit later, we see printed material beginning, focusing primarily on the Bible. Uh, but then in the 17th and 18th century, Europe begins to create stuff that satirizes culture a little more. Um, one such example that might be very familiar to the listeners is A Rake's Progress by William Hogarth. It's a series of eight paintings uh, basically decli- depicting the decline of a rich loser. Um he wastes all his money away and then uh, falls into disarray because he is broke and a loser. Uh, <laughs> turns out, money cannot fix loser. <laughs> um, oh, but it's it's interesting to know. Moses. Oh. It's interesting to note just because, you know, it's a series of paintings that come together. It's not, you know, you have to see the eight of them one after another to really understand it. Otherwise, it would just be a single scene from this character's life. Uh, 1842, we see illustrations in magazines and newspapers first being called cartoons, Uh, This is following the Glasgow Looking Glass being published in 1826, arguably one of the first comics magazines ever. It's also interesting to, because the 1800s seems way too early for me. Uh, (laughs) Like, it just makes, uh, just feels a little. Yeah, surely not. No one was alive back then. Um, (laughs) But it's actually even, it goes back even further than that. The, The Speech Bubble, one of comics most, Iconic uh, icons evolves from medieval times. Don't laugh at me. Iconic uh, icons. The speech That's bubble funny. evolves from medieval times. Uh, the phylacter was a label in the form of a scroll that would identify a character in a, uh, a work of art. Uh, this later develops into dialogue and then we get speech bubbles, which is cool. Into the early parts of the 19th century, Rodolphe Topfer, a uh, Francophone Swiss artist, uh, is like very influential. Uh, he has a great quote that I wanted to bring up. To construct a picture story does not mean you must set yourself up as a master craftsman to draw out every potential from your material, often down to the dregs. It does not mean you just devise caricatures with a pencil naturally frivolous, nor is it simply to dramatize a proverb or illustrate a pun. You must actually invent some kind of play, where the parts are arranged by plan and form a satisfactory whole. You do not merely pen a joke or put a refrain in couplets. You make a book, good or bad, sober or silly, crazy or sound in sense. I just really like that quote. It's it goes to what we're always talking about about like the the deeper thought that is put into these things. I started Looks like someone's gonna wave their hand off if I don't call on them. <laughs> yes, do so we have a question there?
1: I, so well, so I wanted to clarify the term francophone. So that's French. So French-Swiss, right? A person who's French-Swiss. Francophone is referring to French? Yes, French-speaking. speaking. Okay, French-speaking. French-speaking. And then okay, I yeah. just wanted to... The,
0: sound, the French sounds they make are with their mouths.
1: <laughs> All right. Um, but I also...
0: No, literally, French-sounding. He, said, he said you were oh. trying to sound it out. Francophone.
2: The sounds they make are their language. french
1: sounding. Yeah, and Swiss does sound quite French, I believe. But anyway... No,
2: that's not... <laughs> I just don't believe French is real, but keep going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good line as well. I, I just New
2: want- section of the podcast,
0: Conspiracies. <laughs> France, <laughs> not real. Not real. They <laughs> made that shit up. That's
1: a big lot of made-up, mind. Anyway, so I just wanted to, uh, you know, reinforce what you were saying, George. And I think it uh, maybe differentiates between, like, what you uh, identified as the first cartoons... And comic books like so the comic books actually do tell a story. They have a point. They have, you know, um in depth characters and, and storylines and things. Whereas a cartoon is just like the little square you see in the um Sunday funnies or something, that's just like a oh, it's a joke. You know, a man slipped on a banana. Like a single
0: skin. frame. Yep.
1: mm mm-hmm. Okay. Continue.
0: Although I would argue, I mean, we can't get, we absolutely cannot get into it in this episode, but I would love to talk about the far side and yeah. how much storytelling occurs in a single panel there. That's different, though. That's <laughs> for reeking. That's a different episode. Um, I did just want to pull up uh, something from Wagner that I learned that I really liked in regards to that quote the German term Gesamtkunstwerk. Pardon the terrible. Uh, pronunciation there roughly translates to a total work of art uh describes an artwork or creative process where multiple different art forms are combined to create a single cohesive whole you could make an argument for multiple art forms doing this to some extent Gesamtkunstwerk was originally for opera when uh, Wagner first brought like scenic painters and dancers and singers and musicians all together and did it all at once. Um, But I also think it's very applicable to comics. You have to have the visual world built out and in order for that to be there, you have to have thought at a larger um, scale on what fills the world that you are writing in. So you have to, writing a comic book, you are writing a book, and then you are also filling it with visual representation. It's a, you know, it's a combination of different art forms. Um, Into the 1900s, in the 20s and 30s, we see the introduction of the Dandy and the Beano in the UK, which would be very familiar for our English listeners, certainly for myself. They were uh, influential at the beginning of my comics experience, as well as The Adventures of Tintin in Belgium. Less influential on my comics, very influential on my hair choices. Yes, Mum.
1: I just thought of another one that we hadn't um, included, but... uh, Oh, no. Asterix the Gaul.
0: Oh, yeah, Asterix and Bricks.
1: Yeah. By... Yeah,
0: that's a huge one.
1: I don't know who the author was on that. I don't know. But that was... Me neither. I think that started out as a newspaper comic strip and then was made into comic books.
0: I'll look it up I think that's
1: French as well. Just so.
0: Well, that as established that's not true. Well, yeah, of course but. France is
1: real, so then the comic carry on. Nineteen
0: thirty-eight Action Comics number one launches with Superman on their front cover. Uh so pretty I mean, nineteen thirties just before the forties. That's a that's what? What are you making that face for? You look like you're about to
1: <laughs> No, it's just funny, like nineteen thirties, before the forties. Yeah, alright.
0: Well, I'm I mean like just before the turn of the 40 whatever dude.
1: Okay.
0: I was just trying to say it's interesting to think that like 1938 was the first appearance of True. Superman as a comic book and then you think about 2023 we have people actively still playing Superman in films that are rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's mental. <laughs> uh Ducking away from the Western side of things, we have to give credit to Osamu Tezuka, who establishes modern manga in Japan following World War II. This is heavily influenced by Hokusai of the uh, Great Wave fame. a Woodblock artist um, Hokusai also had uh, multiple sequential um, collections of artworks that sort of laid the groundwork for manga in Japan. In the 1980s, we see the modern American resurgence with artists like Alan Moore and Frank Miller doing things like The Watchmen and uh, The Killing Joke. And is that even one of them? I can't even remember. Yeah, Yeah, it is. Sin City. That was the Miller I wanted to think of before. (laughs) But and then loads of Batman as well and then in the 1990s we see web comics explode which are different but clearly born of the same cloth um and then we get into the present day where you can find comics on pretty much anything any kind of topic you'd like to uh you can find um the complete persepolis persepolis i never yeah i read the entirety of that and cried
2: oh my god in a single
0: day you know what i mean so that's our incredibly truncated comic books history. I hope you learned something, Mum. Something a little oh, bit I more did. interesting. I did. Always. Um, let's jump um, into the
1: more interesting part of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: Stevie, get ready. Oh You're God. about to be barraged. I think. <laughs> I think. Um,
1: well, I don't, I don't know. Um, well, so do we want to just? I don't want to, you know, turn this into some kind of weird Q and A. You're on the spot, blah blah blah. But, um, you know, <laughs> get in the chair, Stevie. You are you are our guest, Stevie. Um, and we are talking about comic books. And we did sort of brainstorm some questions that we thought would be pertinent. So, um, we'll just bring bring them up. You can talk about what you like, and then we can always skip them if you if they're too. <laughs> <comic-y>. <laughs>
0: All right. Wow. I don't know. Well, how about, I don't
1: know what I was talking about.
0: Do we want to... Uh, do we want to... Stevie, why don't you tell us a little bit about... Uh, more about how you got into comics. Because I think that will sort of lay the groundwork for us yeah. to... Expand with questions. Well,
2: okay. <laughs> the one into the two.
0: <laughs> the one into the two. And then the two into the um, three.
2: I, I'm trying to think. Uh, so I probably... I was. I remember, like, I was really into uh, like the the early Batman movies, like with Tim Burton and uh, Joel, <laughs> and the Joel Sh- Schumacher with all like the Batman nipples and stuff. I wonder why. Uh- <laughs> yes, so many nipples. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so I was really into that, and then I got into like you know the Batman animated series. I watched a lot of like Justice League when I was young, and probably around the time that I was in sixth grade. Uh, my mom and my stepdad at the time were going through a divorce and it was pretty messy and it was pretty crazy. So my mom's uncle, my great uncle as a way to kind of like keep me distracted, kind of do stuff outside of the house. He would take me to uh, a comic book store that was like maybe about 30 minutes away. And he bought me just like a ton, a ton, a ton of comics. And we would walk out with like these like literal like cartons of just like fill to the brim. And it was like each month, each month we would do this together. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's a that's was, a wow moment. Just saying case. Oh you yeah.
2: Know.
0: Pretty pretty beautiful. I, I wish
2: I wish I could show you. My my dad has them all in storage right now, but like I have like I think over twenty of them and they're uh I know the the listeners can't see this, but it's like the boxes are like this big and then they're each like the width of like an actual comic book and they're just film filled to the brim from all the years of like
0: yeah wow sort of like um like what reams of paper come in for like printers for like that size yes exactly yeah wow <laughs> nuts that's so much that's so many comics. <laughs> yes,
2: it really is
0: <laughs> that's awesome though see you have sort of got your own little like you've got a a trove i would say oh I, yeah. you know most most people who are really into comics have like collections and I've always felt a bit distinct from that just because I, I never got into getting like the single issues is all, which is like a big part of that. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's a, that's amazing, Stevie, to be able to be like, yes, I
1: have. And that's a really, <laughs> a really nice um, one. It's a, it's a beautiful story to share, so I appreciate that. Thank you. And um, it's a great, it is a great illustration of how, you know, people can get, Um, drawn into an interest but also you know like I say I'm quite predictable so it's always going to be about uh
0: (laughs) drawn literary
1: (laughs) literary skills but um but that that is just like I mean I think that could be a whole story you could write a comic book just about that experience to be honest with you (laughs) so I think that's beautiful So thank you for sharing that yeah of course yeah
0: can you so now comes the time for the interrogation uh we've talked a little bit about your the first comic you remember reading do you have an all-time favorite do you have one that like above all else sticks with you even to this day oh yeah
2: i think so it's uh it's it's a graphic novel or like a, a collection of issues it's called day tripper um it's by these twin brothers fabio moon and gabriel ba uh People who are listening might know Gabriel Baugh from, uh, he worked on Gerard Way, uh, the lead singer for MCR. He had a whole comic book series called The Umbrella Academy, which is now has a Netflix show and stuff. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're both twin brothers. And so they did this book called Date Tripper, where basically uh, the story revolves around this one guy and each chapter starts with like a different uh, age for the beginning of the chapter. And you basically explore this one day in his life at that age, but at the end of each chapter, he always dies. And it's presented in this like non-chronological way. So like the first chapter that you read might be him in his 20s, but then the next one might be him when he's like 10 years old. Uh, but then it all leads up to, at the very end when he's at an old age. And so it's interesting because some chapters you get to see where if he had survived like earlier chapters or different periods in his life, but, like, when the book, when the book came out, uh, unfortunately, like, I had lost a few friends from high school, uh, each under different circumstances. And I think when this book came out, I was excited because I love the artists and I love the writers. But it was also a great way for me to kind of uh, process my grief and deal with it. And so I think it was just, like, a great way for me to re- see how, like, how stories can access those feelings when you don't necessarily have the space or time to access those feelings in your own daily life. So it's it's something that I always go back to and I just I love that book so much.
1: Can I just wow. say <laughs> we have been saying that since we started recording how um you know one of the joys of narrative uh reading is the fact that um you can either um see yourself in characters that are portrayed in stories or it can help you process something in your own life, you know, at your own time in a safe space, you know, um, that perhaps other people don't want to interact with you about, or you know, it's so it's so personal to you that the best way to do it is is through these stories, and that that just that uh, touches my heart. Without wanting to be sappy, because I'm not at all sentimental, just saying. <laughs> um, but I, I think yeah, everyone on
0: this podcast is really tough. Yeah, hard as nails, hard.
1: <laughs> But, um, yeah, so, uh, again, that's a great uh, a great recollection. Yeah. Was it... The, I mean... Well, I was just going to say, how was it, just listening to you describe the way that it's written, because George and I have read books where they um, jump around in different time periods. Did it feel like it... I mean, like you said, it's one of your favourites, so you go back to it, so it must be pretty good. It it almost makes me want to look it up. Not quite. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> But did did it still flow, you know, even though you were jumping between ages?
2: Yeah, I think, well, it reminded me a lot of like the magical realism genre where a lot of writers from that genre don't necessarily write in a chronological way or sometimes they break up the text in kind of these uh non-descriptive time spaces or they'll just break it up with different kinds of like poetry or something so it reminded me more of that uh i think it was easier to follow because it is the same character had it been like maybe different family members or like different people maybe that would have been harder but because it's all the the whole pov is this one character i think that's what kind of like kept it tied together
1: sorry can we just clarify pov point of view oh point of view Okay. Sorry, just Oh, yeah. para- <laughs> oh no, that's oh, a good- like
0: perspective.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Okay.
0: So that's Day Tripper by uh, Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba.
1: Fabio Moon, what a fantastic name. I want to be called <laughs> yeah.
0: Fabio. Yeah, they both got really cool names. They really that's why <laughs> I bet they I gave that's, them That's publishing cheat code. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shall I ask another question, George?
0: How dare you?
1: <laughs> Are you. Do you think you're up for another question, Stevie?
2: yeah, let's do it.
1: Okay. So, well, so which comic book character do you relate to the most? Do you have one that, that you think, oh I, yeah,
2: I, I do. I'm so, uh, I'm, I'm laughing because like my first thought is, uh, probably Harley Quinn, which like, I realized as like a white trans. Yes. <laughs> I realize it's like a white trans woman. Like, oh, that's shocking. Like she identifies <laughs> as, as Harley Quinn, but it's like anxious attachment check. Bisexual, leaning on polysexual, check. Mentally ill and pilled, like check, check. Like.
0: I just love an insane character. Same. Someone, look, Harley Quinn is such a great crazy person because she is so like, yeah, no, I know. I I'm a doctor. I yeah. know i'm so aware that i'm mentally ill but i'm not gonna just <laughs> lay down and die i have to i have to do stuff i gotta beat up batman i gotta make out with poison ivy yeah. <laughs> i have stuff to
1: do i mean i i think also because for me obviously my knowledge of that character is is sort of limited to what i've seen uh portrayed on the screen but um just the whole physical to me it's like why wouldn't you relate to that who doesn't want to walk around looking like that for crying out loud absolutely so, you know, oh, God.
2: break people's necks with your feet. Yeah, yeah. I know, that go on. Oh, I was just going to joke like, uh, once I finally get FFS, I'm just going to show them a picture of like Marco Robbie from, <laughs> from Birds of Prey. Like, ah,
1: <laughs>
0: they're like, you do know we can't do the hair. <laughs> that doesn't sound, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's you true. Know? No. no. I, I think you could try. Yeah. You're doctor. This costs me thousands of monies. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's awesome. I love Harley Quinn as a pick. I wonder, Mum, do you have any, just like if you could pick from the the roster of comic book characters that you are familiar with, would you pick any to be uh, familiar as like seeing yourself in?
1: Well... So you're talking about things from the, the the DC or the Marvel universe or just comic books? Sure. Generally. Anything. Yeah. Anything.
0: Yeah. Calvin and Hobbes. That's comics. Okay,
1: well, so now you've, you've said it, so you've opened it up. So my first comic book was um, a comic which it doesn't run anymore. I think it ended about 1991 or something. It was an English kids' comic book. It was called Twinkle, and um, it was... <laughs> It was a little girl's comic book, and um, it was like A4 size, so it was a proper comic. And one of the um, characters and storylines in it was uh, Nurse Nancy, and she was like this little girl who walked around in a nurse's uniform. My mum was a nurse, so as a kid I really related to that, but all of her patients were just toys. She would have her friends come in, and she would like sew the teddy's feet back on and things like that, you know?
2: And that was my life
1: as a very young child. And I also, even though not now as an adult, really, but I know growing up that um, I wanted to be like this girl who had a toy hospital and just was in charge all the time, walking around in uniform. So I think early on that was definitely very relatable to me from all sorts of points (laughs) of view.
0: Um,
1: More recently... mm, I'm not sure. There's a couple that (laughs) spring to mind, but I don't remember their names, which is a bit lame. Um,
0: Oh, even better. Describe them, please.
1: (laughs) So from the, um, and I don't even know if it's Marvel or DC, which I know a lot of people kind of cringe at when you mix those up. Even better. So who's the one? um, So if it's around the universe of the, not the X-Men, but the other one. (laughs) Uh,
0: the other ones the Avengers the
1: Avengers okay so wow good okay so th- there's a female character and in the movie she's played by that one actress killing me is I love she this. American yes
0: is she green
1: no she's usually in like a black. Like leather catsuit. Black Widow? Black Widow?
2: Scarlett Johansson? Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's the one you relate to the most. I
1: think so, yeah, because she's she's really hot and also um yes. she picks up. <laughs> what else do you want in life? Hell yeah. What? Absolutely right. And I will beat your butt.
2: <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm gonna now I mean, imagine perfect. your mom doing that scene from Iron Man 2 where she's like flipping around John Favreau. <laughs> doing the, yeah. Yeah,
0: the car to
1: do wheels. That. I couldn't do that but I would love we to did
0: Already established earlier Would love to break people's necks with your feet So yeah. that's that's a that's a Black Widow thing For sure we just have to get you a taser So, so definitely
1: yeah. her And um mm, there was another one And now I forgot because we were talking too long But okay yeah so yeah what about you then George Do you have a relatable character I'd
0: love to hear this Um That's a great question actually Uh
1: Okay. Do you want to think about it? Because I want to carry on talking to Stevie. Sorry.
0: Oh, I am not allowed to think about it, but you're allowed to think about it. You put me on the spot, you bellend. Um If I if I had to be pressed, I would say I really like. Um, I'm a huge fan of Green Lantern. Uh, Same. Just the concept is. The concept was one of the first like like mainstream, you know, DC and Marvel. Uh, as a kid growing up, I really resonated with Green Lantern. I love the idea of willpower. That's like, you know, deciding to do something anyway, even in the face of great uh, adversity, is, is a very, like, inspiring thing, especially when you're a kid. Um, no, 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 it's my turn to talk now, not you. Uh, Stevie, did you have something to say? <laughs>
2: yeah, I did want to ask, who's, uh, who's your favorite Green Lantern? Okay, so... Very difficult. Yes, so difficult. There's just so many just for the planet Earth, let alone like the entire Guardians.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it, it's Sinestro. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, <laughs> Which is you, crazy. Your favorite is Megamind. Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. They just look the same. They do look the same. I I really do love Sinestro. I think he is like a very fascinating character, and it is he's one of the few different colored lanterns that i feel like you see the full arc for right like you see an actual like why is sinestro so afraid he watched every one of his like people die essentially like he's the last of his people um very intriguing story, uh, but I personally think I see myself, not in Sinestro, <laughs> even though I am scared, uh, more in Kyle Gardner, the Green Lantern, because he handles everything with humor. That's very much me, personally. He's very much like, aha, this is cool, but inside, like, shitting himself, like, <laughs> just like, ah! Um, So that's me, Kyle Gardner's Green Lantern. Um, anyway... Go on, mum, what do you got? I
1: was just gonna say, um, and I that even though, you know, the comic book thing, you two obviously have a much more in-depth understanding and appreciation <laughs> of this than I do. But um, I will say, listening to your description of that character, um, something that I've actually talked about with your sister, um, as a characteristic that you've developed as you've become an adult. Is that you do tend to um, Even when you're afraid And I know that you know Things you do get afraid and nervous and anxious Like the rest of the world But you do tend to kind of like Choose a project And you're just like fuck it I'm doing it You know it's like oh god this is terrible But I'm doing it You know and I I really admire that in you George To be honest with you
0: Shouts out the Green Lantern Corps That's where I got it from
1: So anyway yeah
0: And Catholicism (laughs) Uh, anyway, <laughs> Hi, um, that's why you like Sinestro. So that is that this is was. why I like Sinestro. Actually, he's very Catholic, yes. super Catholic coded. I would love to do a whole episode of just <laughs> Catholic coded narratives. That would be hilarious. I think we need to talk um, about
1: coding more because we've talked about it before, and I don't think I have a a good enough understanding of of its existence or how it's. You know, I do read things very much like surface level. And, and so when you point things out to me, I'm like, oh, right, gosh, ooh, that's interesting. And I'd love to know more about it. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, uh, I'm moving this party on because um, that's, I've got loads of questions. Uh,
0: that's crazy. That was a great call out for us, like a quick tangent. Like, what is the sink? Anyway, go on. Uh,
1: so, Stevie, what kind of narratives do you love most to see in comics? do you like like the action sci-fi fantastical stuff or
2: oh this is a really good question because so when I was younger I was also like I was obsessed with superhero stuff I was really I was really into the DC comics uh mostly because with DC comics what's different about it from Marvel is Marvel is very it's very modern it's about things that are happening now it's Uh, where DC is a lot more focused on legacy and like these older superheroes who kind of teach these younger generations. And you get to see this like really long history. Um, But I think when I got to college, I really got into like comic books from independent companies. So outside of DC and Marvel, like Image Comics, Boom Comics, Dark Horse. And I've really fallen in love with like I feel like of any other medium that I've, I've read, I feel like comic books do the most mashing up of different genres. So like there's books, like uh, one of my favorites is like the wicked and the divine. And that's like, uh, I think that that's like portal fantasy, it's uh, sci-fi, it's also all about music, it's got like historical fiction. It's just crazy how, yeah, how like, many mashups. There's myth
0: written into it, like all the gods and goddesses are in there. Okay, yeah.
1: so just bouncing off of that then, do you think that um, the comic book genre is sort of like a really good sort of vehicle for being able to mesh together all these different strands of storytelling.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Cause I think part of what lends it uh kind of like what makes it such a great medium is because of the art. So like, especially if you have a writer doing like a solely, like they're creating their own fantasy world and they're doing this world building, you, you get to get, have the visuals and the characters right there in front of you along with the language. So it's, I think it kind of adds like an immersiveness that you, uh that, Maybe some people, like, really feel immersed with books, but maybe other people feel more immersed with, like, reading comic books. Yeah.
1: Cool. I like that. All right. Um, Oh, are there any – oh, so that aside, um, we did just come across (laughs) talking about, you know, different um, narratives put into comic books. We did just see – because I did a little bit – George did most of the research for this episode, but I did a little bit. And um, I did find a copy of – do you know the Imitation – Game about Alan Turing. Yes. Who was like yeah. the big, you know, scientist person in Manchester.
0: Um big sciency person th- in Manchester. That makes me think Alan Turing. Yeah. You, <laughs> you didn't say a single one of the words of what he's most known for, Go I on feel then. like. Gay codebreaker from World War II. Alright, that
1: sums it up. Thank you. Um
0: <laughs> Oh, you've just mined me for labor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that you know there was the book written The Imitation Game but it has been turned into a comic book as well uh recently. Oh, which I found online as well. So um I think it is quite interesting and I also not that I'm interested in this at all, but there are actually Bible comic books. You mentioned the Bible earlier. Yes. Uh, and there are modern yes. Bible comic books which I think is a bit if you really want to indoctrinate <laughs> people I guess that's an easy way to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um Moving on.
0: I, I can't believe you shushed me after you said
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, are there any? I've got a question. Oh, go on. Sorry, George.
0: Sure. I just wanted to know whether or not Stevie had any recommendations if someone was like you looking to because I know you're desperate to get into it, Mum. So, <laughs> is there anything? you Is there any? Are is there any way you would recommend to start, Steve, like um, for someone who is maybe n- completely new or only has, like, the cinematic reference to comic universes?
2: So my like my gut reaction is... Uh, I think I'll give, like, a two-part answer. The first part is Scott Schneider's run on Batman. Uh, so DC Comics, like, in the early 2010s, they did a reboot of their universe, which they, like, they do every other year, basically. Uh, <laughs> and they did they came out with, like, the new 52... And so Scott Schneider got to do kind of like his own interpretation of Batman, and I think what was really great about that interpretation was it was a lot of new and exciting ideas that other writers hadn't really uh, tapped into before. It explored like a lot of the like ancient history of Gotham City, and it kind of explored this in between time of Batman, kind of what we're seeing with like the new movie that came out, where it's like he's not quite at the very beginning, but he's not quite where he's at, where he's like with the Justice League. Um, but I think that's a really entertaining and like easily accessible comic. I think for someone who's less into superheroes, uh, I love 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 uh, saga by Brian K. uh I can't say his last name is it Vaughn or is it Va- Vahan Vaughn? Yeah. yeah, I think it's Vaughn it's Vaughn okay. It's Vaughn on this podcast. <laughs> Sorry Brian. <laughs> he's He's an incredible writer. He's done a lot of uh, a lot of great stuff. he did the runaways uh, he did. Oh, another... Last Man on Earth? Yes. Yeah, he did do. Yeah. Yeah. He also did another one of my favorites, uh, Paper Girls, which is great. Oh. Yeah. I love, love, love Paper Girls. It's basically Stranger Things meets uh, Back to the Future. Um, Okay. But I think something that I always recommend people is find something that just grabs your attention. It doesn't matter if it's the art or if it's a character that you're familiar with. Read as much as you can because eventually what will happen is... You will find a writer that you're like, wow, I really liked how this writer did, say, their run on Batman. Um, and then you look into, like, other work that they've done. And maybe you see that they've done stuff out of the superheroes. Or there's an artist you really like, and you're like, oh, I love just looking at their <laughs> at their pictures all day. Yeah, yeah. So let me mm-hmm. check out other books that they've worked on, too.
0: Are there any writers that you, like, always look out for? Or artists, for that matter.
2: I, I wrote this down because um, I was like, I'm not gonna remember.
0: Yes, good idea. We always it's a you didn't I I it's like you prepared. We always have page turning ASMR in this. Oh, I love that in our recordings. <laughs>
2: so it's your turn now. You are you are now the uh, volunteer for today's tribute. I love that. So right off the bat, I would say uh, writers Grant Morrison, uh, Jeff Lemire, Jonathan Hickman. Ryan K. Vaughan, uh, Fabio Moon and Gabriel Baugh, Kieran Gillen, I think, I hope I'm saying his name right, he did *Wicked and the Divine and Fauna Graham, mm-hmm. Scott Schneider's great, and then for artists, I really love uh, Frank Quietly, uh, Nick Drogata, he worked on East of West, Greg uh, Capolo, who I think did the original Spawn and then eventually worked on Scott Schneider's Batman, uh, Fiona Staples, who does Saga, she's incredible, uh, Cliff, mm-hmm. Ch- uh, or, sorry, Cliff uh, Chang, who did Paper Girls and Wonder Woman. And then finally, Jamie uh, McEvely, who did all of The Wicked and the Divine.
1: Whew! Awesome. <laughs> that was a long nice. list. George, you you are taking notes, right?
0: You, I'm always taking notes. I know, I know. <laughs> Do you ever take no.
1: notes? Oh, no! <laughs> yeah. No, I look at your list afterwards.
0: That's what I thought. And then, of course, uh, what's the... What's the name of that uh, comic artist who draws Captain America with his boobies real big?
2: Oh God, Rob, uh, Rob Liefeld. Jesus, he's Liefeld. Yeah, (laughs) he's he's like one of the worst. He is the worst comic book artist, but he's also like one of the most prolific. Like he, yeah, he's everywhere. everywhere, but is it meant to be Uh satirical? No. no 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 that is
0: just how big he thinks captain america's boobies are
2: actually you know what yeah, i'm yeah. bringing that to my ffs forget margot robbie <laughs>
0: <laughs> put put harley quinn's face on this big muscle titty body <laughs> yes um incredible uh well uh good luck i won't say i know any doctors who can help you with that but i i mean uh, with this part i want probably, to know them afterwards
1: yep. Shall I just keep going with the questions, George? Yeah?
0: Well, I think we probably have time for maybe one or two more. Okay, because I don't want us to...
1: coming up on time. Yeah. Okay, so I'm...
0: Stevie's already been very gracious, giving us a lot yeah, of time. Yeah, I appreciate it. So... <laughs> I
1: appreciate <laughs> it. I love this. Thank you. Um, so, we already asked you about recommendations. recommendations. Um, oh, well, so... Is there any particular story you would like to see adapted as a comic book? Is there a narrative that you love so much you're Mm. like, wish it was written as a comic book? Um,
2: A fantasy book series that I've really fallen in love with, like this last year or two, is the Dark Star trilogy by Marlon James. He did, uh, is it Black Leopard, Red Wolf? Did I get that first title right? Um, Think you're right. I think yeah, so. yeah. And then Moon Witch <laughs> Spider King. Moon Witch Spider King. Yeah, that one's easier to remember because <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> it's
0: the way he wrote it. I don't know.
2: It's so it's basically like it's uh, it's him doing his interpretation of high fantasy, but it's set in I think the inspiration is like West Africa. So okay. the uh, but the way that the book series is set up is each book is the same series of events but told from a different character, very much in the style of, like, Rashomon, uh, the film. And it's... His writing is very vivid. It's very, like, magical. And even the magic that he uses is what we call soft magic, which is, like... Uh, best example is, like, uh, Lord of the Rings, where, you know, it's not really explained how it works, but it's, it's, it, it's kind of either keeps you in fear or keeps you in awe. Also, the, like... The art cover work for those books is just so, like, rich in color... And it's very graphic. And so I, I could really see that um, series being adapted. I also would love to see, like, more speculative fiction writers just doing their own stuff. Like, uh, George and I were talking about a writer that we really enjoy called uh, N.K. Jemison, And she did her own interpretation of Green Lantern called Far Sector. And then I think another writer, Nandi Okorafor, she did... Oh, uh... Black Panther, uh, T'Challa's sister. I forget her name. Is it it Shuri? or or Shuri. Yep, you got it. First try. Nice. Uh, But she also did like her run of that. And so I loved it. And I think I would love to see more speculative fiction writers just kind of, whether it's a character that's well-known or it's just their own story, I would love to see more of that. Okay. I
0: think you would actually love Far Sector, Mum. It's a murder mystery. Oh,
1: okay. And then my last one, I think, is going to be um uh, yeah if you were going to go to mars and we know that if if (laughs) astronauts go to mars they're not coming back because it's so far away and they'll probably die but if you were going (laughs) to go
0: so if you're gonna if i'm gonna die (laughs)
1: all right well we can change it if you like but i I thought if you were gonna go to mars i could only bring one comic with you what would it be and why
2: so I'm gonna say Saga by Brian K. Vaughn because it is like a mixture of like space, fantasy, hi-fi, sci-fi. And it's like if I'm already in space, I might as well live <laughs> I might as well live the fantasy. But what's really what's really great about that book is uh, he wrote it, there were two reasons why he wrote it. One was because he was in his 20s when the Star Wars prequels came out, and all of his friends were complaining about how much they hated it, and he was so upset that they were complaining about it, that he's like, well, fuck it. I'll just make my own Star Wars. Uh, You know, I'll just do the things that I want to see in a Star Wars. And then the other part of it was he became a dad and it was basically like this story was inspired by his experience of like parenting and the obstacles he's had to face with his wife and the two of them co-parenting together. So it's this big epic story with all these different POVs, but at the heart of it, it's the story about, you know, this family trying to survive in the universe. So...
1: Nice, good answer. I like that. That was very oh thank you.
2: When his parents show up on the ship, and <laughs> it's like, oh, fucking in laws. Yeah. <laughs> I just love I that, love that the they're like that. Actually, they're so like intense, armored up, and everything like <laughs> badass family. They're grandma. like,
0: she's got morning sickness. You guys are idiots. <laughs> Get me a nappy at once. <laughs> like, okay. Thanks, War, Grandpa. It makes me
1: laugh <laughs> um, that the way that you guys, because you know, it's so much part of your um, reading experience and choices and things. That when you read uh, these stories and comic books, you don't you don't necessarily see all the although you know the artwork is um, key, but you don't see that this is a character in a freaking armor suit or in a space suit or something. You see what they're saying and what their relationship is and, and all of that stuff. And I think that that is, I, I don't know how you get to that point. It just must be like, um, because you're so used to it. And so you don't necessarily see all the, cause when I look at it, I'm like, well, that's a stupid character. Why is it dressed like that? Well, that makes no sense. <laughs> and kind of disregard the fact that they've got relationships with family members, just like any other family. So I think that's something, um, in my own sort of like, uh, future that I I sort of need to get past in order to appreciate the genre, I guess.
0: This is kind of goes along with what we've talked about in several other episodes um, about like the strength of narratives that present you with other, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? You center otherness and you, you begin, you become able to look at your snake uh, (laughs) space pilot man friend and say, I know that you prefer wheat bakes with sugar, <laughs> because I pay attention to the fact that you're a character and not the fact that you are a snake man.
1: Yes, yeah, and we have
0: because you know, we have
1: talked about that a lot. And I think you know, we we have to be careful to stop repeating ourselves.
0: <laughs> no chance. Literally, I, we're gonna do the same bit at the top of next episode about the title too. Cool. Um, um. Well, thank you. I just want to. Thank you so much, Stevie, for being here. But also thank you, Mum, so much for uh, taking care of like the questions and, and you know, let, helping us dive into it. I think having someone not as into comics was extremely necessary for this uh, one. So was it? Could. Yeah,
1: okay. Um, I, I would also <laughs> like to say thank you, Stevie, for being our first guest. And um, it's it's been very nice to meet you. You know, I'm always interested in meeting... New people, especially people who are living in another country, that's so much more interesting than where I'm living. No, but um, <laughs> but also you know, seeing dis- different perspectives from different places. So um, you know, you're welcome to come on any time you want if you're bored. I mean, you know, I'd love to. <laughs> you know, we gonna George. Careful, <laughs> George and I decided we would keep doing this as long as it's still fun, and we are actually having a blast. And this has been, you know, right up there. You know? Yeah. So thank you. Been having Appreciate a great it. time.
2: I mean, thank you to both of you. This has been such a fun experience, and I'm really—I I had a, uh, before we did this episode today. I got to hang out and talk with George's mom, and then oh. we had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It's been
2: yeah. Awesome we'll,
0: we'll spare everyone the story of how my power went out the first time <laughs> we tried to record this episode, and I left you two stranded in that Zoom call. Well, uh, we it was just. Lovely.
1: We just had a bit of a natter, really. It was like girl time. Sorry, George.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I didn't want to be here anyway. All right. Uh, Thanks, everyone, so much for tuning in. If you want to learn a little bit more about comics, we point you towards uh, two books in particular. If you're a theory head like some of us, uh, The Secret History of Wonder Woman by Jill Lepore tells you all about the inception of that character and how much went into it and how nonconformist and sort of counterculture she is uh as well as understanding comics the invisible art by scott mcleod does a lot of great work deconstructing all of the tools and functions that go into making the gesamtkunstwerk which is comics um please let us know if you have any suggestions for us Uh, i love to read new comics and mum might as well maybe 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 <laughs> um
1: yes yeah that's all i've got to say
0: until next time it's it's been a joy thank you stevie thank, thank you so bro.
1: much stevie um go tell some tales go tell some tales of comic books share our um reading list we george i think we said in our last episode that we are posted on google podcast now yes
0: we're on google podcast
1: yep. sorry yeah as well as spotify um please email us give us a cool review or whatever all right all right, all right.
0: <laughs> don't i have to answer all the emails so take you know easy.
1: okay well that's something we can talk about <laughs> later
0: Till next time goodbye good night farewell and good luck
1: <laughs> enjoy your reads